LDS Church President Hinckley revealed that the LDS Church does not believe in the historical Jesus. We are going to discuss 10 reasons why that is true next on Polygamy, What Love Is This? LDS President Gordon Hinckley told the world that the Mormon Jesus they worship is not the traditional Jesus Christ. God foresaw all future heresies, and accordingly, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 4, the Apostle Paul corrected the Corinthians for putting up with false teachers and false apostles who were teaching a different Jesus than the one they had preached. Along comes Mormonism, also teaching a different Jesus than the one, uh, the Jesus of the Bible. And Gordon Hinckley affirmed that the Jesus Mormonism teaches is a different Jesus than that of historical Christianity. So he is affirming what Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul, was warning us against. Does this not make a few people in our Mormon culture at least question what they've been taught about Jesus? They plan on going to heaven. They claim their Jesus is the Savior, but then deliberately reject the Jesus who is the Savior and receive a different Jesus and brag about it. Today's guest has written an article very clearly explaining 10 differences in the biblical Jesus that Paul preached with the Jesus that Gordon Hinckley admitted Mormonism preaches. This obviously includes all of Mormonism, the polygamous and the different offshoots of the Mormon faith. Our guest is Eric Johnson, who contributes heavily to the outreach of Mormonism Research Ministry, and he's here to share with our viewers those 10 differences. So I'd like to introduce and welcome Eric Johnson, who's been here several times in the past to share your insight, which is great. Thank you so much for coming. It's a pleasure to be here, Doris. So we're going to share the 10 differences in two parts. So mm-hmm. we get a two-part series. Uh, now, w- we want our viewers to understand where you're coming from. You do work for an online ministry. Uh, why don't you tell our viewers a little bit about that, the MRM.org? Yeah, MRM.org uh, is part of the Mormonism Research Ministry, uh, what we do. And uh, we've had that since 1995. Uh, we have a number of articles and videos and other things that people can go to get equipped on what is Mormonism from the LDS perspective and how to share your faith effectively with Latter-day Saints. So one of the things we do have is a Facebook page as well, mm-hmm. and we like to put articles brand new and explain what they are on that and so that people can learn about that. And we also like to advertise uh, on Facebook to Latter-day Saints, usually from Idaho and Utah, mm-hmm. to get them to come and see. And this article that we're going to be talking about uh, had a huge, uh, I, I don't know if you'd call it controversial, but a lot of Latter-day Saints did not like it very much because their main argument is that, well, we worship Jesus just like you do. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, as you mentioned, Second Corinthians 11, 4, that it's possible to have a Jesus that's different than Mm -hmm. what the Bible teaches. Exactly, exactly. And you mentioned uh, in your article and in other places as well that they have changed their their criteria for pictures of different um, people or things in their chapels to just being strictly about Jesus. Yeah, yeah, and you have to ask yourself, why did they make a new policy 
that they would only allow 22 different paintings, they were approved, to be in the church foyer. Uh, when, in the old days, you would be able to see missionaries and temples and pictures of Joseph Smith. Well, those have all been banned. And hmm. that just happened in uh, May. Um, it just happened re really recently. In fact, uh, one of the articles uh, in the newspaper said this. Uh, it says, to testify further of our central belief in Jesus Christ, we desire our meeting houses reflect an attitude of reverence for the Savior. Framed artwork that focuses on the Savior should always be displayed. Hmm. So why would why? they do this, taking away from anybody anybody else in the church, the current prophet, the Joseph Smith, or whomever else? And I think the reason is, is because this is part of the strategy to make it look as Christian as possible. And yes, the name Jesus is in the church's name. And yes, they do talk about Jesus. There's no doubt about it. He plays a major role in the Book of Mormon. Mm -hmm. But if it's a different Jesus, it's a major problem. So it they is. can emphasize it all they want in their church foyers. And visitors who come will see lots of pictures of Jesus. And especially if they come from any kind of a Christian background, they might be impressed. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is the church that worships Jesus mm -hmm. as well. Exactly. And they've, been, they've been doing this doors for many years in uh, uh, temple open houses. I have counted. Every time I go to a temple open house, uh, they'll open it up for a couple of weeks to the public, and I will uh, uh, go on a tour, and I will count how many pictures of Jesus versus Joseph. The average is between 20 to 40 portraits, paintings of Jesus in different scenes, and usually only one or two of Joseph Smith. And that's uh, a complete turnaround, isn't it? Well, from, from the old days. From before, the old days. Yeah. I, well, in the old days, you wouldn't have seen that perhaps as much, but there became a concerted effort, and I'm going to suggest it could have started maybe around the 70s or 80s. You had the Godmakers that came out. A lot of people were saying that Mormons were not Christian, but one of the things they did to their church logo is they turned the font style much larger for mm -hmm, Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And this is the second time they've done that. That used to be smaller. Right. Years ago, it used to be smaller, so they made it larger, and mm -hmm. now they've made it even larger. Yeah, and, and that, I think the emphasis is very clear that we're a church that follows Jesus. And mm -hmm. that will get them into many homes, especially in uh, Catholic countries. Well, we worship mm -hmm. Jesus as well. Yeah, and yeah. so having that emphasis, I think, is something they want to have. Yeah. Um, and, and I have talked to people, ex-Mormons or even LDS people, who say, who have told me that you can walk into their church, or their chapel, and not find a picture of Jesus anywhere. Uh, before, not now, yeah, but before right. this. That, yeah, now it's not that way at all. And now the church is demanding that yeah. its local uh, chapels are going to have... Uh, if you're going to have a picture, you're allowed one of 22 paintings. Well, I would like to see them incorporate the teaching of the cross in this yes. and then maybe we, we get closer to the biblical Jesus. But you're not going to see that and <laughs> and it's interesting even their logo was changed at the April 2020 conference mm -hmm. where now the logo is the Christus mm -hmm. that was yeah. originally designed by a Lutheran sculptor. And that's interesting isn't it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Very interesting how they uh, how they are doing things. Um, now, the question isn't actually, do Mormons believe in Jesus? Because they do believe in Jesus. Right. But it, again, it's got to be the correct Jesus. So the first point that you make, number one, is that LDS leaders have agreed that Mormonism teaches another Jesus. Well, that should 
take care of it. I think that's a pretty <laughs> slam dunk point because uh, if the leaders themselves have agreed, let me give you an example. Uh, a 70 who is right below an apostle as far as general authority is concerned. His name was Bernard P. Brockbank and he said this at a general conference and when they say something at a general conference it's supposed to be like scripture. It's supposed to be official. They're teaching it as something that they, uh, Mormon is supposed to accept. And so this is what he said. This is from uh, the May 1977 Ensign Magazine called The Living Christ, page 26. He said, it is true that many of the Christian churches worship a different Jesus than is worshiped by the Mormons or the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I have to laugh at that one though, because the word Mormon is used, mm -hmm. and I use it all the time because it's hard to not use a, to a not nickname. Use it. But yeah. uh, uh, the current president of the church, Russell M. Nelson, said that God is offended when we use the word Mormons. Yeah. And that was very common throughout the history of the <laughs> right. church. But he said, this is a different Jesus. Another. Well, okay, we can accept him. How about a president? We can use 15th president Gordon B. Hinckley, who I think was one of the most popular presidents of all the entire history of the church. People considered him to be like a grandfather. Yeah. And uh, this is what he said, and this is in the church news, June 20th, 1998. He said, in the bearing testimony of Jesus Christ, President Hinckley spoke of those outside the church who say Latter-day Saints do not believe in the traditional Christ. No, I don't, and be aware whenever somebody says they don't believe in the traditional Christ. Well, exactly. And he says, no, I don't. Exactly. The traditional Christ of whom they speak is not the Christ of whom I speak. For the Christ of whom I speak has been revealed in this dispensation in the fullness of times. He, together with his father, appeared to the boy Joseph Smith in the year 1820. And when G Joseph left the grove that day, he knew more of the nature of God than all the learned ministers in the gospel of the ages. That's pretty arrogant. I, I can't believe that God would wait until 18... 30, 1824, whenever that was. That the first vision, 1820. The first yeah. vision. Yeah. That, it went that many years to reveal himself. Yeah, and then when he does reveal himself, the way that Joseph Smith reveals who God is, even in the Book of Mormon, is much different than what he later yeah. uh, said. And mm -hmm. so, uh, so, so what he's revealed is, well, that's what the purpose of the great apostasy is all about. Yeah. The great apostasy means that there was no... Uh, authentic, authoritative Christian voice on the face of the earth. There was no priesthood. It had to be not reformed, but it had to be restored. Mm -hmm. Joseph Smith mm -hmm. was the man to do that. He was able to then uh, uh, restore what supposedly uh, historic Christianity right. taught. And here we have a different idea of who God is mm -hmm. later, as mm -hmm. well as a different view of Jesus. Absolutely. Um, actually, Mormon apostle Bruce McConkie mocked Christians for their mythical Jesus. Yeah, he did. He said, he said this in Mormon Doctrine, which is a classic book, page 269, and virtually all the millions of apostate Christendom have abased themselves before the mythical throne of a mythical Christ whom they vainly suppose to be a spirit essence who is incorporeal, uncreated, immaterial, and three in one with the Father and the Holy Spirit. So basically attack against mm -hmm. the view that Christianity has held for 2,000 years. Yeah, exactly. And how it's revealed, was revealed in biblical history. Absolutely. One other quote I, I want to give is, go back to Hinckley, and uh, this is what he said in a, in a general conference in 
in the April 2002 General Conference. As a church, we have critics, many of them. They say we do not believe in the traditional Christ of Christianity. There is some substance to what they say. I think we could pretty much use those quotes we've just given and say, okay, so what's the argument? So we don't need 10 reasons. We only need the one. I think the one should be sufficient because the leaders have admitted that. But see, the thing is, for many Latter-day Saints today, they don't want to look at the differences of our Jesus. They want to emphasize the uh, similarities. So they're going to talk about the atonement of Christ, the grace of Christ. And that confuses a lot of Christians. And that's one of the reasons why we teach at our ministry. We always want to find out what they mean by certain terms. Exactly. Don't ever assume they mean what you think they mean, because Mm -hmm. your view of God, your view of Jesus is different when you ask them. What do you mean when you say Jesus? And their definitions are. They have different definitions for right. our words. That's true. Well, let's move along. I want to make sure we get through all of these before um, the time is up. We, the second one is the virgin birth doctrine. According to Mormonism, is not the virgin birth of the Bible. This is an interesting one, and it bothers a lot of people when they first hear about it who are not part of the Mormon church, especially from the Catholic uh, persuasion. Oh, yes, yes. Because uh, very clearly, the virgin birth, according to the Bible, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, that the Holy Spirit came upon Mary in a non-physical, non-sexual way mm-hmm. to produce Jesus. The incarnation, Jesus the being fully God and fully man. The hypostatic union, he's 100% of both. But according to Mormonism, it took something different. Listen to mm-hmm. what uh, Ezra Taft Benson, he was the 13th president of the LDS Church. He said this in 2004. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints proclaims that Jesus Christ is the Son of God in the most literal sense. The body in which he performed his mission in the flesh was sired by that same holy being we worship as God, our eternal Father. Jesus was not the son of Joseph, nor was he begotten by the Holy Ghost. And yet mm-hmm. Matthew 1.18 says he was he begotten says he by was, the Holy Ghost. Right. I think Brigham Young also said the same thing. He was not begotten by the Holy Ghost. Yes, a lot of leaders actually have said that. And mm-hmm. that's been maybe not as emphasized here in the 21st century because it's not politically correct. It doesn't sound very Christian <laughs> to say that yeah. Heavenly Father came and produced uh, Jesus in a literal sense, not a figurative sense. Right. Uh, Benson also said this. He said, Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He came to this earth at a foreappointed time through a royal birthright that preserved his godhood. Combined in his nature were the human attributes of his mortal mother and the divine attributes and powers of his eternal father. I think it's interesting when we read what they say about Jesus and every time they use, we believe that Jesus is the literal son of God. They are talking about the father coming and having literal sex with Mary. That's what they're saying without saying it. When they say he's the literal son of God. And if you want to better understand as a child, because that's a concept that would go way over your head as a child, yes. you wouldn't understand. Right. So they had produced this book that called the Family Home Evening Journal. This mm-hmm. is from I've 1972. <laughs> and yeah. it's, it's basically to help parents teach their children about what Mormonism is all about at family home evening, which is Monday nights typically in a mm-hmm. home. And mm-hmm. so they have some scripture study. And, yeah. uh, and so to help the children better understand this concept, they actually put together a graphic and, um, and the, it has a picture of a, a man and a woman. So it says daddy plus mommy, and then it has lines going down and it says you. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. and in the same way, our heavenly father plus Mary 
equal Jesus. Jesus. But you have to understand, again, literal. So God has a body of, of body parts and passion. Mm -hmm. He is uh, he he has the ability to procreate. So he came upon Mary to produce, I, I hate to say it crudely, but it's to produce the sperm that would then be able to impregnate her. Mm -hmm. And you think about how, when you take that to its logical course, this is not a healthy relationship. In fact- Father it, and daughter. Well, exactly, because Mary came from the preexistence as yeah. the daughter of Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother. Right. And so the Father coming down and having relations to produce Jesus, it misses the point of what the Definitely. virgin birth is all about. Absolutely misses it completely misses it completely okay number two or number three humans and even satan himself are directly related to the jesus of mormonism which is a continuation of this discussion yeah yeah because of the pre-existence that we're all brothers and sisters yeah i mean you have jesus being the eldest brother of not only satan but of all mankind hum mm -hmm. humanity and uh and lucifer following they had different plans in the pre-existence one was righteous jesus wanted to give people the agency to be able to choose uh for themselves heavenly father's plan versus satan who wanted to lucifer wanted to give the uh, plan that would be forced upon everybody mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, and it was the wrong one and so you, you have this idea that they're brothers so you have to understand in Mormonism, Jesus is a created being. Right. Lucifer is a created being. We are a created being. So Jesus has not always been God. He is mm -hmm. a God today in Mormonism, but he wasn't always well, wasn't that always way. God, right. Second President Brigham Young. He called Jesus our elder brother in the discourses of Brigham Young. And by the way, this was given away by the general authorities, the first presidency, as a Christmas gift mm -hmm. back in the 1990s. Page 25, the apostles and prophets, when speaking of our relationship to God, say that we are flesh of his flesh and bone of his bone. God is our father and Jesus Christ is our elder brother and both are our everlasting friends. And then uh, sixth president, Joseph F. Smith, said in the teachings of presence of the church, Joseph F. Smith, this was a church manual used in 1999, uh, page 335, the father of Jesus is our father also. Jesus himself taught this truth when he instructed his disciples how to pray, our father which art in heaven, etc. Jesus, however, is the firstborn among all the sons of God, the first begotten of the Spirit, and the only begotten of the flesh. He is our elder brother, and we, like him, are in the image of God. Hmm. Doris, we so, believe in the Imago Dei, the image yes. of God. We believe we were created in God's image, but mm -hmm. we don't believe that Jesus needed to have been created, right. that Jesus needed to be related to Lucifer, and that we are related to Lucifer. This is a major problem because what you just, you've done to Jesus is you've taken away the ability for him to be the God that the Bible he says is. he is. That he is, absolutely right. Um, and and it's a remark I have to make in, I think, number four, but it fits in right here perfectly. I was listening to somebody um, years ago talk about different the Jesus of different religions. Hmm. And he made the remark, so many religions have humans be being exalted and becoming godlike or god and gods and goddesses. So I, he says everybody gets to be God except Jesus in these false religions. Mm -hmm. They don't. They take de Jesus' deity away from him. That's a good point. And then they bring exalt us up to the godhood. Yeah, it is is pretty sad. Um, and again, taking away who Jesus is. Um, number four. 
the Jesus of Mormonism is not eternally God, which again is another continuation of this topic. Mormonism teaches that there was a time when Jesus wasn't God. Yeah, he had to have been created to have become God because Heavenly Father would have been in his world without Jesus until Heavenly Father was able to create this world and then be able to create Jesus. Richard G. Scott was an apostle of the LDS Church and said at a general conference in April of 1997, and it was published in the Ensign Magazine in May, he said, Jesus Christ possessed merits that no other child of Heavenly Father could possibly have. He was a God, Jehovah, before his birth in Bethlehem. His beloved Father not only gave him his spirit body, but Jesus was his only begotten Son in the flesh. Our Master lived a perfect, sinless life and therefore was free from the demands of justice. He was and is perfect in every attribute, including love, compassion, patience, obedience, forgiveness, and humility. Doris, I'm going to tell you something right now, and you know this, and the Christian listeners will know this as well, but Jesus has always been a God. He's been always God, been capital the God. G. Yeah, yeah, he's not a God. In John 1, 1, it says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was, was God. God. He created all things, verse 3 says. Not even one thing has been made without him. Verse 14 says, the Word became flesh and, and dwelt, dwelt among, among us. us. The Word came, became flesh. It's an amazing thing, the incarnation. And Jesus very clearly taught that he was God. Mm -hmm. C.S. Lewis said in Mere Christianity, you only have three options with Jesus. Lord, liar, or lunatic. He did not give us a fourth option of That's just right. being a good teacher. And if he's Lord, he's God. And Jesus claimed to be God. John 8, 58, he said, before Abraham was, I, I am. am. Uh, not I was, as the uh, New World Translation puts it for the Jehovah's Witness, mm -hmm. I am. He was referring yeah. back to Exodus 3.14, where uh, Moses the asked God, who shall I say sent me? Tell them I am who right. I am. I mean, we have John 10.30, the Father and Jesus are one. We have, uh, I mean, just think about how beautiful John 20.28 Thomas is uh, is mm -hmm. doubting about mm -hmm. the the, uh, the resurrection of Jesus, and Jesus says, "Here, touch me and feel me." And Thomas says, "My Lord my, my and God. my God." And that wasn't an expletive no. that he was using. Jehovah's like Witnesses will oftentimes say, say yeah. it "Might have been." Oh, he was yeah. a, he was astonished. But the verse verse twenty nine says that uh, that Jesus understood what he was saying, and he says, "Blessed are you, Thomas, right. because you've seen and you believe." More right. blessed. Are he those didn't who correct don't him. He didn't correct yeah. what he was saying. I mean, we can go and, on and on with verses that very oh, yeah, clearly talk absolutely. about Jesus being God. And someone else said in regard to um, to to Jesus claiming to be God that he cannot be a good person. Uh, they say, well, he was a good prophet or that. But if he claimed to be God, he was a liar or a lunatic like Hugh Branson. You know? And yeah. so you can't say he was a good person if he's lying about who he is. That's exactly right. C.S. Lewis made that point very clear. Paul was very clear about who Jesus was. He talked about the incarnation in Philippians 2, 5 through 11, that Jesus being in very nature God did mm -hmm. not consider equality with God something to be grasped. Talked about how every knee will bow and every tongue confess. Mm -hmm. It's a reference over to Isaiah 45, which says that that would be to the Father. Now Jesus is being worshipped. Colossians 1.15, Jesus created all, all things. things. Not, you know, the idea that uh, you can't just say other things. It was all, all things. All things. And Lucifer's created. Absolutely is. So he created Lucifer. How could it be his brother? Colossians 2.9, the fullness of deity lives in Jesus. 
over and over again. I put these to memory because yeah. when I'm talking to somebody, one of the most important things I can do is tell them about what the Bible more says about, about Jesus. Jesus. And I'm sorry if you're if you, if you realize Mormonism is not true, or if you belong to a polygamous group and you realize that's not true and those prophets are not right, because uh, Jesus never harmed you. Right. It was be, it right. was uh, it was the leaders who who that's harmed right. you. And there is a Jesus who wants to have a personal relationship with you. And that's my heart for he's, them. He's they the would. God of this world yeah. and yeah. he he created us and he wants to be with us forever and i think that's pretty yeah. exciting it, it is i think it's always it, it excited me when i found out who jesus was mm. the very first time i discovered he was god and first john five twenty, uh where first john is ending and he said this is the true god jesus christ is the true god and eternal life so there's another one that that is showing that he's truly um god himself the god I'm, the God. I'm going to say, I think every book in the New Testament has something to do with his uh, deity. With Somewhere who, who you, you can find it. Well, and in John 8, he says, if you don't believe that I am who I claim to be, you will die in your sins, which means you're going to die unforgiven and you can't go into uh, heaven where he goes. And only the true Jesus can offer forgiveness of sins. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very good. Very good. Okay. Number five, um, the Jesus of Mormonism had to be obedient in order to become a God. Now, that's not the Jesus of the Bible. Yeah, no, it's not. And have you ever thought about Jesus? How did he get to be a God before he ever came here to prove in his, his mortal probation what the rest of us had to do? It's almost kind of unfair to think about. It How is. did he get a pass? What did he do in the preexistence that you and I didn't do? More valiant, I But guess. there's not a whole lot of explanation <laughs> on it. But the, the, the church, the Mormonism teaches that this obedience was required and, and I'm thinking, well, wait a minute, Jesus is perfect. He's God in the flesh. He didn't need to do anything to be able to earn that right. 13th President Ezra Taft Benson said this in the sermons and writings of President Ezra Taft Benson, to qualify as the redeemer of our father's children, Jesus had to be perfectly obedient to all the laws of God. Because he subjected himself to the will of the father, he grew from grace to grace until he received a fullness of the father's power. Thus, he had all power, both in heaven and on earth. Mm. And Joseph F. Smith, the sixth president, mm. uh, related directly. Uh, he, he was a, a nephew, a, a nephew to Joseph Smith. Joseph F. Smith said, "Even Christ Himself was not perfect at first. He received not a fullness at first, but He received grace for grace, and He continued to receive more and more until He received a fullness." Mm. Doris, when you take Jesus you and you that? make Him into a created being and you make it so that he had to be obedient to attain the status, yeah. I'm going to say you have just created a Jesus, I guess in a human image. After their own image. That's what he has, they have done. And, and, and so your Jesus is not as great as my Jesus. Right. My Jesus is so much bigger and better and has the ability to forgive sins. Why would I want to worship a Jesus who had to keep the law himself and and not be God himself? I mean, it doesn't and, make any sense. And, and I like to say, too, um, Lucifer's brother can't save you. No. Only God can save you. No. And and that's a really good point. And in Isaiah 40, 41 through 46, that has so many one God verses. Uh, he says, I'm God, your Savior. Yeah. Well, Jesus is Savior. Jesus is God. 
And you think about, again, I point out Philippians 2, the, the kenosis is called the kenotic passage where Jesus humbled himself. And when it comes to verse 9, that Jesus is going to have every knee bowed to him and yeah. every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord, that would be blasphemous to worship anybody but the Lord your God. The right. first commandment exactly. says that's the main thing we need to do. Mm -hmm. And yet here's Paul. Now, you can call Paul a lunatic and a crazy man who who uh, perhaps set something up, but he's just going logically with what he had learned about who Jesus was on the exactly. road to Damascus mm -hmm. and all of the things that he understood and that the disciples understood as well, that Jesus really is God in the flesh who mm -hmm. everybody's going to uh, worship, and we're not going to be worshiping, as you put it, the spirit brother of Lucifer. Exactly. Well, we're out of time for part one, Eric, but we've got five more points to go. So watch next time as we do part two of the 10 reasons why the Mormon Jesus is not the traditional Jesus. And thank you for watching. This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by A Shield and Refuge Ministry. More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.